Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Extra Issue, our review of Echo. I'm Kaylin. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. Hello, and welcome to another exciting, extreme, triple X, extra issue, where we recap, review, and reveal the nuances of Marvel Cinematic Universe properties like movies and non-weekly series or special presentations. Today, we're discussing the 10th television series in the MCU and the first of Marvel's new Spotlight series brand on Disney+, Plus, Echo, which dropped all five of its episodes on January 9th. A so many numbers in that <laughs> <sentence>. <laughs> yeah. There'll be a test at the end of this. Uh, a spinoff of the previous 2021 MCU TV show, Hawkeye, Maya Lopez, played by the absolutely wonderful Aliqua Cox, returns to her hometown after killing Kingpin, where she reconciles with her past dealings as Wilson Fisk Muscle, as part of the tracksuit mafia, and reconnects with her heritage, community, and family. This is the first TV MA-rated MCU program and the first noted spotlight series intended, according to Marvel's head of streaming, to act mostly a self-contained series with grounded, character-driven stories to the screen focused on street-level stakes over larger MCU continuity. Don't let that fool you, though, as there are definitely some Easter eggs, post-credits, and cameos that seem to unravel that explanation very quickly. Marion Dare and Amy Rarden served as head writers, and Sydney Freeland led the directing team. Given that there's only five episodes that are pretty much part of a longer movie, we're going to take our recap and review an episode at a time. Even though we're hilarious, there's spoilers abound. So if you want to experience for the first time yourself, make sure to hit pause on this, go watch it, and come back to us. It's a fun treat for yourself. You can watch an episode and then listen to a segment and, <laughs> and then go back it. and watch the next episode. <laughs> and we'll go, that episode so is done. <laughs> between each one, yeah. It'll be easy. All right, first episode, Chaffa. So far in the past, we learned the origins of Maya's people, the Choctaw, and her, with her original ancestor, Chaffa, emerging as a human from underneath the earth. The rest of the episode gives us a fuller introduction to Maya than what was shown in Hawkeye and then picks up five months later from that series with Maya returning to Tamaha in an attempt to take over the now seemingly dead Fisk's criminal empire. Um, Let's talk about the devil in the room. Did we love the cameo of Daredevil or not? Uh, I'm glad that they got it done with very, very quickly rather than teasing it throughout the entire season. I think that was really smart. Yeah, get it out of the way. Also, the fight choreography was so fucking cool. And he did battle. like a spin, weird fucking... <laughs> that is the sound he made. He, he you were did. in the recording studio when that fight was I happening. I made the sounds for it, and then it's, they cut them all. It's so weird. It's no, Looney Tunes meets he, Daredevil. He did a really spinny thing in like this weird bookshelf, and I was like, bitch, this, this fight choreography is so fucking good in this one. They did one thing, which I... It's a very Batman-type thing to do, but she gets knocked to the ground, and she gets up immediately... And he's gone. Oh, yeah. But you're in a warehouse with very few things obstructing your view, so Mm. you should be able to find him. He's right in that corner. I I love that she was immediately going one for one with him as opposed to like, oh, she got her ass beat. He's like, learn something from this. And then she wouldn't. Then she just like threw a couple people (laughs) out like, try to shoot them too, guys. Come on. Uh, Oh, yeah. They all um, they're all carrying guns, but they immediately want to arm wrestle. (laughs) It did. It did immediately make me excited for Born Again when they when that finally comes out, because I was like, wait, I do love Daredevil. And it's really and he's a great actor and I'm very excited for it, which is why I'm really glad that they're uh, this film felt very much like the Daredevil from the Netflix series mm-hmm. uh, where, I mean, I really loved his cameo in She-Hulk, but that was much more lighthearted. Matt Murdock, also a valid interpretation. Don't get me wrong, but this is the Daredevil I want to see again. Yeah. Uh, Will, the Wilson scene, Wilson Fisk scene right after where he says, you know, you did better than any of my other men did fighting up against that guy. 
I don't know how, but uh, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio have chemistry together, even when they're not in the same I know. scene. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I want to see them fuck. Yeah. I was like, the way he was jerking it to him I'm later. Like, yeah. Wait a minute. Okay, so Charlie Wait, Cox but- has a uh, chemistry with Vincent D'Onofrio and uh, Ta- uh, Tatiana uh, Maslany. Yeah. Does he just have chemistry with everybody? Because this He's is Charlie so Cox. I, I don't know why Cute. you guys went to fucking immediately. <laughs> no. I was just suggesting that like they've got Wilson like. Wilson Fisk was like, ta- tell, me how it, tell me how it went again. <laughs> tell me again. Tell me what. How do you? So then you punched, and then he did that twirly He's behind thing. a silhouetted mirror, lubing up. How did he use those rods? It's <laughs> also the introduction of him. Phenomenal. The way you think the fight's done, and then it pans up, and you see him, and then it just starts. It's so great. good. It's really good. Also, pretty good economy in like giving you a person's history without yeah. having to belabor. Like you, a, a lesser show would have done like eight episodes that are focused on her growing up and stuff. It's like, that's that's not yeah, really... On loved, Netflix, that's what's going to happen. Loved it. It was such a, a evolution of, yeah, the poor Netflix formula. And, like, we have been spending a lot of time waxing poetic about a white man when there is a main character woman of color that also has a disability. How did this mostly flashback episode work for you? So, obviously, pacing was great, but what about the content within? I think it's really good because it caught people up on Hawkeye if they had not seen Hawkeye. It gave you everything you needed to know about her. So you could go in and be like, all right, I know this person. Now you can just tell the story without focusing in on, to Brent's point, eight episodes of an origin. Yeah, I didn't feel as flashbacky as it could have. It could have easily been just boom, 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 boom. Um, and But I think it's funny that you thought people didn't watch Hawkeye that watched this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, you, I, yeah. I will say I will say in this case, particularly because of the character and because of the heritage that I think she's bringing, I would imagine there are a few people jumping on Potentially very much it's like... It's not well-received, unfortunately, which makes me sad. I'm hoping yeah. it gets a good word of mouth. Um, me too. Where especially like because of the, uh, you know, the communities that it's representing both ASL as well as Native American, the Choctaw specifically. Um, you know, when you mentioned Marvel Spotlight, it really reminded me of um, like 25 years ago when Marvel did Marvel Knights, mm-hmm. where they were like, continuity in Marvel Comics has gotten really bad. The comics themselves aren't great. We're gonna farm out like a couple of titles uh, over to these like great creators like Joe yeah. Casada, and it's Daredevil and Black Panther and Inhumans and one other. It was a little and bit street level too. Which very is street, funny. very very street level. And this is what this felt like. And more of this, please. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So uh, just quickly, uh, kind of re- also wrapping up, we had biscuits introduced. We had Uncle Henry, uh, the Black Crow Lopez introduced. Um, were you enjoying these characters? What's the what's the start of it? Biscuits, to me, is like the warning flag of a TV show. He's like the, uh-oh, here's the here's the Falstaff. Here's your comedic guy. Is, yeah. He's going to be wacky and silly. And the, the stereotypes, of, stereotypes of like, oh, this guy is just kind of a schlub and a loser. Um, and I think that they actually restrained themselves very nicely with him, his introduction. And especially, uh, I think... Having the dog as well, like Benny Jack. What's the dog's name? Oh, I don't know. Uh, d- d- b- Benny Benny Doggo. Yeah, Benny Doggo. Uh, I think that uh, he seemed more grounded than. Yeah, and he I wasn't agree. just wacky for wacky purposes. I think he was like kind of just a nice guy, being like, "Oh, hey." So it humanized her a little bit, being like, "Oh, I've been so far removed from this for so long." Yeah, she had a gun and pulled on him. Biscuits, of course, well, which is tough. So you know? when you're watching these shows. For me, part of it is always, all right, show me what is the 
what's the one to one to the team, the support team yeah. that the hero has. So, all right, there's like the comedic relief, and then uh, Uncle Henry is kind of like the tech guy who's going to be able to fix everything. The man in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the other one other thing that I'll say, particularly because it was a flashback, but it, it felt very much in a high quality way, just like up establishing so quickly the friendships, relationships and family that she had as a child. Yep. Um, just with Bonnie, with her mother, like it was just really well done in terms of uh, speeding it up. I'll also say the setting. Uh, you don't get to see like rural Oklahoma or like any kind of a rural like setting very much in these kinds of shows. It's very like mm. New York City or L.A. or even more fantastical places. So love that very yeah. much. Love that they took her out of New York City too. Correct. This yeah. is was was the right move. I think. Final question of this episode: Did y'all love roller skating as a kid? And were there as many drugs involved? Yes. Yes, and yes. Jesus <laughs> Christ! The way they went back to that roller skate rink. <laughs> Jesus. The, my roller skating rink. They just put cocaine okay. all over the floor, and you just snort. Did uh, you not also change the music at all? Like uh, we I, t- I took it over every time. <laughs> Where do we stand on the phrase "Make America Skate Again"? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this episode over. That I like that, but goddamn you! I... Pause this podcast before no. now. Um, let's talk about Loak. So uh, we start with a 1200 AD flashback where another of Maya's ancestors, Loak, displays powers via glowing hands to win a game of Choctaw stickball after visions of her own. In the present, Maya teams up with Biscuits to hijack a cargo train guarded by Kingspin's men, where she plants an explosive with bombastic results for Black Knife cartel leader Zane, but not without destroying her prosthetic leg in the process. Maya continues to struggle with family issues. Uh, what would you have put in the munitions? A little box of kisses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get Maya's first showing of her powers. Uh, and obviously this is different slightly from the comic books where she's moving away from the copying of skills that she sees a la Taskmaster. And instead, much more in tune with leveraging abilities of her ancestors. How do you like this change? Well, considering that she's the phoenix in the comics, this is a lot better right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, Okay, maybe she should be the Phoenix. Now, yeah. now that we're like channeling this type of stuff. I, I thought she was going to... I didn't realize that she had powers. I know that she, at some point she embodied the Phoenix, but I thought that she was like Hawkeye or something. She's, much, very she's not, more street level, yeah. It was very not this before. Yeah, it was a very just the, like hand-to-hand combat. The ancestors I thought were very interesting, and I'm glad that they kind of kept it more mysterious because in my mind I was kind of wondering, are they the same as the Jinn of... Uh, Miss Marvel, like, are they an alternate? Oh, a different type of yeah, dimensional being. I mean, Chaffa coming. I mean, granted, that was like back in primordial ooze time, but her coming out of the earth and then protecting, like, it was just, it I, was very cool. It was a very jarring image in a good way for street level type content. We didn't cover it, but th- th- I think these are such a strong part that really add to the lore of it. And I think in the Marvel universe, in this Earth that is, all these people are there. I think it just makes so much sense that each one has like a different lore. I I love this so much the the I thought it was gorgeous the way they did it, like sort of the weird peeling of the skin in the beginning. too. Yeah. I thought it was just so cool the way that it was done. The, this whole concept and we'll obviously keep hitting on a few more ancestors, but the whole concept felt like to me a much more authentic experience. And again, I'm not speaking because I'm not from either of these cultures, but yeah. Shang-Chi, I think, particularly as the third act came, it sort of collapsed on itself because it became so fantastical, whereas this is rooted in the spirituality and the powers of this, you know, Choctaw nation, but at least it still feels, I don't know. It's more magic realism. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. That's a great way to put it. 
Um, we had a lot of, you know, Maya showing disinterest and in interacting with Chula and Bonnie. Have you ever cut family off or been cut off? Right after this podcast. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. I just I never have, so I was I because I, I'm wonderful. But no, I was I just was surprised. It's always so funny in shows like this where like people are like don't tell them that I'm here, and no, I just oh that's true. I've seen you leave a gay bar and just scream Bonnie out the window. <laughs> I've I've seen you do that, and that's bye what bye. you call me when we when we go out to drink. You've never gone. Well. You've never gone back to your hometown and like worried about running into certain people. But not family. It's just too, too, the city was too big, I guess. I have, okay, so sort of similar. uh, When my cousin got married a number of years ago, it was the first time that my mom and all four of her siblings were in the same room in like 30 years. I was really worried about that Mm. because there was not so great blood maybe uh, in that regard. But um, I liked this this, uh, character beat for Maya because um, she really blames Chula for like, driving the away the family yeah it's like she it was her anger and grief that drove like the dad away but it's like but i was your granddaughter and we we get that yeah. a little bit later on like so uh, this all makes sense and i think maya has developed such a moat around herself and such an armor around herself she's like i'm here to do this i cannot get entangled with like familial like emotions ever again Ryan, in the immortal words of Jamie Lee Curtis, would you say this is a show about trauma? Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. The the way that she was unbending with it, just to your Kaylin's uh, point, like it just she, people were being very genuine with her, and she was still like, mm-hmm, so no, removed. Not, not not on my not on my watch. Not on my watch. Yeah. One thing that I found mind boggling with this episode was I didn't expect a. <laughs> a train chase. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm was so it? glad there was a train chase. Yeah, train wh- chase. What the fuck? And do you Biscuits think anyone could really survive that fucking train jump? Because like she, I imagine it's the kind of thing where you know the power activates to protect her. That's yeah. true. That's true. Would, that's really what happens. That grace. I mean, yes. yeah. but she literally like rolled over the truck while then was still holding I, on I to I it. I did like. <laughs> that they avoided the trope of her like being able to jump and land safely on the truck she that she really did fucking get hit rammed. by. The whole thing about the kind of the great train robbery, it's very like a trope in Westerns. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, this is sort of flipping the script, you know, with a Native American person being the protagonist. Love in that. old Westerns, you had Indians being, you know, the antagonists a lot of times. So And they're not, she's not trying to rob the train. She's trying to put something on. Yeah. What, yeah, what did you take episode. from the train? Uh Nothing. Nothing. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> she said Nanya. Nanya. Uh, I did. A, the explosion was great. I thought the whole setup with Zayn and then like unloading Look, stuff was uh, was excellent. Great. Yep. Uh, this episode is over. Pause this podcast <laughs> if you want to <laughs> oh, move shit, before the next episode. Uh, let's talk about Tuklo. So this episode's flashback takes us to the later 1800s where another one of Maya's ancestors, the titular Tuklo, becomes frustrated with not being able to be a light horseman, but uses the powers of her ancestors to save her father. In the present, Maya experiences visions of family's past, allowing her to be captured by Henry's employee, Vicky, who has been scheming with his gal pals and Zane. So the uh, the flashback, did it remind anybody else of the Watchmen TV series? Yeah. When mm-hmm. they introduced the, uh, the, the, like the, he's kind of the sheriff in the very beginning. Yeah. And, and, and like right before like the, the massacre in Tulsa. Totally, yeah. I like that. No, I think you're spot on. She just like 
She's just her power is gunning people down. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, the, her hands are glowing because she's killing bitches. Yeah, yeah. like why? I love it. Uh, we also in this episode obviously get let's talk about the kingpin in the room. <laughs> kingpin shows up at the end of this episode. Really menacing. Kind of looked a little bit like Jason because it was like it looked like they were more in a cabin area. So creepy. Very Friday the Thirteenth. I did love the uh, the relationship and spooks. contact between yeah. them. You got spooks from it. Yeah. I this is small, but I really like the the short light motif they have for Kingpin. His the music that's associated with him is very mm, yes. yeah subtle but great. Uh, can we just talk about the entire episode, like the ridiculousness of this roller skating rink hostage situation? I loved it. It was a great episode in my mind. But like those two women were nuts. I, Vicky didn't make any I, I was so no, in. It was great. Was so it, was, it. it was Oklahoma white trash. That's <laughs> <Yeah. as> criminal. <laughs> They're fucking meth heads. Look yeah. at their teeth. They're not right. This is exactly you know this is so good. They were talking about Trump when they weren't in that room. Yeah, we got to make America skate again. <laughs> and Maya's like rolling her eyes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. They, uh, they were inches away from death at every moment before the mobsters showed up, and they did not realize it. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, their, their you, teeth died a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, they really did. Yeah. You fools. <laughs> um, how effective would you be in holding someone hostage or being a hostage? I'd be so good at being a hostage because I would Stockholm be syndrome. I'd be the example person killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd I'd let everyone know in my death that these people are not someone you fuck with. I would be the <laughs> best hostage like I'm the best passenger on a plane. I pay attention to what yeah, the yeah, flight yeah. attendants doing. I always say yes when I'm in the exit row. Immediately. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Did I not do that? Oh no. Oh, I'm sorry, I pissed myself. But um <laughs> Yeah. Sure, <laughs> I'll hold tough. that newspaper. No, no, that's on me, and I apologize. Yeah. I, I don't understand how the Kingpin operation works. This person did give you reliable information about where Echo was. Yeah. Why are you trying to kill him? Why are you trying to stiff him? This is like mm. clearly someone who's loyal to you. What I think Zane was a pissed off, but also he just seemed like an asshole. I don't think he was around to make people feel good and bring them in. The I fold. also think there are some people who are just like want to see the well bad. I can crush a bug. I'm gonna crush this bug. I can just do it. All right. Yeah. Um, I do think I would be effective in a holding someone hostage because I think I would do really well at curing. I would make Stockholm syndrome because you'd be like really nice. You put I think I'd be a really good, good cop. Yeah. Like, because yeah. it would be like I don't think I would take someone hostage. Like, had to like. Where you I was give like, them like a charcuterie board. You give them some hookah. I gotta get. I gotta pay these bills. I need that fucking money. Like we gotta get this money. But I'll give you some. I think they would get into it at some point. They would like me. You'd get into We're the all likable. Yeah. Was this the first episode we saw? And I don't want to give a spoiler if it's in the next episode. But Henry oh, and Chula talk to each other. That is the next episode. Okay. Yeah. So let's jump into it. Taula. Uh, this episode's flashback is in 2008 and is about Maya walking us through Fisk's relationship with her as his adoptive uncle, including a flash forward to Maya signing on to work with Fisk. In the present, uh, using AR contact lenses, Fisk attempts to persuade Maya to return to New York City with him to take over the family business. So this might have been my favorite flashback because of how chilling both of them were. Like yes. when she was a girl and she's like then kicking the... You know, ice the guy after he, the like, ice cream, near, vendor. The ice cream vendor after, like, Fisk. He has a name, Kalen. It's Ice Cream Vendor. Uh, <laughs> ice cream. Of the Rhode He's Island ice cream vendors? Ice okay. Cream. But the more chilling scene was when. <laughs> was when the. <laughs> stupid. Shut up. When the um, interpreter, like, when uh, Maya goes off and the interpreter, like, Fisk is just done with her. And 
she's killed off screen and you just hear her pleads. Uh-huh. I was like, this is TVMA, folks. This is some like HBO Max, like FX bullshit. I mean, it's it was good. Can I anyone w- explain to me the cost benefit analysis of killing the sign language interpreter? Because she has all of his secrets and the conversations they're having. Fair. Okay, never mind. Because there's only you and me and maybe Vanessa if this is and tied to the Netflix Vanessa. series. <laughs> You Which it me. is because we get a uh, uh, we get a reference to that. Thank God we won't need this sign language interpreter anymore. I, I will say. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. I was just going to say I think it's Stark Tech that helped him use that. Anyway, continue. Ah. But yeah, no, what I what yeah. I did really appreciate in this, I believe it's in this episode when obviously she's trying to reject it, and and they have a very complicated relationship. I think some of the writers or director they wanted to make it feel less like. It, obviously, Kingpin's intimidating, but they wanted to really bring out the fact that this was someone who's grown up, their family together. It's a very conflicted situation. It makes me curious why he killed her father in the first place. Mm-hmm. Why like, he wanted him killed. Yeah. Like, maybe there's something more to... Because only he could rel- be daddy. Well, the relationship <laughs> maybe, that honestly, he had... Maybe, yeah. That, it could have been deteriorating. That, like, maybe... I mean, who knows what... Uh, like, her father might be, be less perfect than she even viewed him as being a criminal well and so one of the the entire show what i really enjoy is that there are tons of scenes so many many monologues no i just mean like where they're actively (laughs) i mean this show is scene after scene (laughs) after scene where they're actively using american sign language on both sides is a purely silent conversation with subtitles it really brought me in and made me try and like there's there's a lot of different visual or audio cues particularly at the end, the last episode that they used to really create what does my uh, experience feel like. Again, I can't speak to the entire accuracy of it, but what I loved is that you see the entire time she's around, surrounded by people that are thinking about her, are, are accepting of her and working together to have the right conversations, have the right communication. This fucking cheat code of AR contact lenses and her calling him out and being like, Great. you didn't even bother to learn. You say you love me. You can't even do anything to really think about what it means for me and what it means for us. I thought it was perfect. And I think she's a fantastic actress. I think she really nailed this role in general, but I thought it was beautiful. It felt to me very much like the, the scene in everything everywhere all at once where the mother is saying like, no, I accept you for being gay. And the daughter's like, no, you didn't appreciate what this was actually about that. You, you thought it was something you thought that this surface level thing was what was important. I will say, should we give him some bonus points for like developing a technology to make it easier for people who are deaf to communicate with everyone else? He probably else? killed all the creators. Who cares? All right, yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, there no, I mean, is, certainly, yeah. Technolo- give, him, give him a couple of points, maybe. No. no, the technology, I mean, but then it's also like, it's not the same, but like cochlear implants as well. You have people in the this community, they're like, no, like this is this devalues us as who we are this is not a disability this is just we are differently able this is just who we are well it's the same thing like colorblindness uh in the sense that like you know not everybody wants to have the glasses that magically change color because you're also then putting it on people to have to change the way they are they think and and you, have have to fil- be- you have to film a video of them doing it for the first time <laughs> for the which pl- is really annoying. i want to be clear <laughs> that for f- for her to call it fisk specifically makes a lot of sense because how many years they spent together? Correct. He did not learn at all. He didn't all. learn. His, yeah. yeah, his fascination with like a person and putting everything into it, rather him being like, I would I'm rather morally- hire someone to do this and then kill them 
rather than learn well, any. Well, even more than that, where it's like he he's I'm morally good to this one person, so I can be a piece of shit to everyone, everyone else. Yeah, it's like he, you've seen it so many times. Oh yeah, he's such a good villain. Yeah. All right, yeah. this is the end of this episode. Hit pause on this podcast and let's get into Maya. The final episode flashback is one where young Maya is a huge bitch and hits a woodpecker <laughs> with her slingshot. Yeah, but we do get to see Taloa. Just Dennis the Menace. Maya's, what the fuck? Maya's mom using her healing powers. It's like, what a fucking bitch. Like, leave that woodpecker alone. Yeah, that's the sign of a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, right, I mom, just wanted to see if I could hit it. Mom, I, it's, I'm so glad you you have healing powers. Here's eight other dead animals. <laughs> yeah. I got a squirrel. Yeah, I got yeah, a chipmunk. Yeah. yeah. I uh, might have anger issues. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, the present for declining his offer, Fisk threatens to kill Maya's family and terrorize the Choctaw Powwow Festival. Thankfully, the day, is sa- the day is saved by Maya and her family channeling their ancestors, Biscuit's monster truck, and Henry Uncle Henry sharpshooting. Okay. We did miss the discussion about it, but he- Henry... And Chula need to fuck. Can yes. we all agree? 100%. That was great. A lot of chemistry. Two, I mean, when they're talking together, I'm like, this better be TVMA. I need to see this these old people. Finally, it's chemistry on a Marvel show yes. slash movie. Like, like yes. that's how it. you do that, romance. That is the best. Wait, are chemistry. you talking Henry and Chula, or are you talking about Scully? No, Henry is the tech guy, right? No, Henry is the roller skate ring owner. Oh wait, wait. Scully wait. is the guy who Scully, runs the Scully, pawn sorry. shop. Yeah. Who who saved the sewing machine? That bitch when yes, she was like, "I'm here sorry. to trade. I here to honor our deal," or whatever they say to Dormammu. Yeah. <laughs> he walks into the back, and I'm just like, "This fucker's gonna be laying down Scully some." Scully is who I meant. Yes, he yeah. needs to plow Chula. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> oh, I feel so much better that we got that out in the open <laughs> in the God. air. <laughs> uh, well, so, yeah, we've got uh, Chula is making a new outfit, and she does, when Echo goes back, because she realizes that the family's missing by Biscuit, she actually does get to talk with her mom through a, a you know spiritual ancestor experience. Um, and then we've got Maya using her powers to take Fisk out, and really passing them on almost to Chula and to Bonnie. Uh, what did you think about this? Great. I mean, it was just <laughs> great. I mean, like, there's really right an- correct answer. Yeah. I loved it. I just want to lead the witness. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was phenomenal. I I think seeing th- this like sharing of uh, power was like something we needed to see because it's just been generational where it's just been one person. For them to actually spread it across, I think that was like the final moment of being like oh this is this can actually benefit more people much like a lot of different things like i think it made a lot of sense to do it this way i'm f- i love to see old women punch people too. No, well, I, it made me giggle and enjoy like the way i love like the Mar- marvel for this i was gonna say the reason. way it was like a, very much the marvels and i just loved the i love the idea of people fighting that you wouldn't normally assume would be showing up to do combat and they were bonnie and chula the actresses in particular Absolutely so funny, like so incredible and just like a really fun fight scene. I feel like they set up a problem that was harder for them to solve than they could. (laughs) Than it needed to be. No, 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 that that the writers in this, that having this be, okay, we've got got this real big problem. How is it going to be possible? And this is like all of writing. You you create stakes that you think your hero can't overcome. And in this case, I don't think any of the, like her fighting Fisk, all that I'm totally fine with. The monster truck to crush two dozen people, 
and then the the yeah. Henry's shooting Extra a guy steps, yeah. with a bazooka and hey, there's fireworks. That to me felt like it felt so ridiculous. Some network exec was like, "Where are the men? What are the men doing?" <laughs> it, it didn't feel like there was like real coordination. I don't know. It just didn't seem like a. They really had good solutions to the problem that they created. Well, so we do have Maya using her powers to take Fist to the memory of his father, beating his mother in an effort to heal his trauma Love and that. release his anger. Great. No, that was and that's really about it. Yeah. <laughs> Just a really good scene and a great way to finish it. Because so one of the things that uh, my boyfriend and I were talking about was how this is now Kingpin's second sequence in the like you know if we take the original Daredevil series as canon and then we take Hawkeye and then we take this like. This fucker is getting beat the shit out of every moment possible. So at least becoming more of an emotional journey in this one leaves the door open so that he's not so yeah. What mutant easily beaten is he on? That, well, it's also his like origin story for becoming mayor, right? Of constantly getting beaten. I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. maybe we'll see that. It's I like I keep thing. getting. I mean, I was joking, but also it's like a little bit serious. It's like oh, I kept getting beaten down, and I'm so, still yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It'll happen in Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great reaction that the second he had any therapy, his anger, he was still angry. What, what are you doing to <laughs> what me? What is this? How is yeah. it working? I just thought of Woke his, mafia. I just thought of his theme song for his campaign, what Tough Thumping. It? I get knocked down. I get back <laughs> up again. I take a whiskey drink. I think it's how to drink. Pissing the I night take... away. Yep. Um, in the mid-credits, he does watch stories on the New York mayoral race, and boy, was that newscast heavy-handed. Yeah. Ooh. Maybe if someone who it was, was Iron Fist was that heavy-handed. Six foot eight and bald with broad shoulders <laughs> yeah. and billions of dollars uh, who's fought. Maybe someone that feels like more than a prince, but like something also that's like a bowling like term. Like royalty. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it was tough. Uh, well, we'll have to see. We it's, heard- I, re- I really in- enjoyed the interaction, her talking to her grandmother. For the first time. That was, it was about damn time. Like, we enjoyed it so much for that. Like, we were waiting for that. Her not interacting with Bonnie and her grandmother made no fucking sense because we just wanted to see them interact. What? It made yeah. sense for the character. It made no sense to us as the audience. So it was so good to see that, it was earned. those payoffs. Yeah. It was earned. And I, yeah. I was like, I, I enjoyed seeing those interactions. They did the the family scene at the end of every Fast and the Furious movie so much better than all of those. <laughs> Badly. Yeah. And I and I really enjoy I really enjoyed their embrace because it, it did feel very earned because it was uh, you just yeah. wanted them to. Get I along, fucking so. love this show. I really, I really the emotional it a lot. beats. All of the stuff made sense. And to your to your point, I think it is such a good example of community and family and. In a pretty soft-handed way, you—it's not like—and now we learn the power of Christmas. It's like all of the journeys were very accurate to how normal people do process and grow with each other. I got very choked up at Chula relaying why uh, she had to send Maya away, and I thought the scene right after where she is clearly expressing regret—I've made this huge mistake uh, and done irreparable harm to the family. The thing I didn't quite get, and I wish there was, like, more connection to it, like, there was a stronger thematic thing about it, was, like, all right, if there was a sense of abandonment and this sense of, like, family and ancestry, there needs to be some, I don't know, I felt like there was something that was missing. The thing that was weirdest to me was Maya's reaction to Bonnie, given her reaction to Chula, because her reaction to Bonnie was... We grew apart, and I don't need to talk to you. 
Yeah. When Bonnie consistently reached out, whereas Chula did not reach yeah, out, and Bonnie she's like mad at she... Chula for not reaching out. Yeah. Well, it's, it goes down generations. And I understand so it makes that. Sense. I understand people are flawed. It's just a little bit odd. It, it's it's hypocritical, but I think people are hypocritical and they have double standards. Um, and again, I think with Bonnie, it's about setting up the armor of like, this was my past life. I am, you know, I can't show emotion anymore. I'm, you know, made of stone, whatever. With Chula, it's like then it becomes incredibly raw. It like it 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 goes to the other extreme. I'm fine if it's like, well, Chula abandoned me. I don't care if you're reaching out. I've already lost something so important. I feel like I'm I'm so isolated that this these words just feel like words. So I think the, I just need to I need to actually see that connection. Yeah, I think that if you if you really look at it from I would say Maya's narrative journey or character story. They were like friends, whereas Kingpin, her dad, Chula, her mom, those are like blood maternal, family, right? Maternal, and I think and maternal that there, I'm sure there is some semblance of blood is thicker than water. I know they're cousins, but like I actually appreciate it because it's like you will go hard and get angry and work a lot at family relationships sometimes that don't need that energy. And then with friends, it's much easier to lose them or grow distant from them or not connect as much. I think Bonnie saw Echo uh, or Maya as chosen family. And I don't think Maya, until the end of the series, really connected that. She was more of just, oh, you're like a person that was in my life. Because, I mean, she was she was really ripped away at a young age. And yeah. I, then she changed all of that Aww. and she Here's became a, who she was. Another interpretation of it is Maya was trying to protect Bonnie. Also very true. For it's sure. just like, look, I am my life. I am yeah. danger. Yes. My life is danger. I do not want this and around you are somebody. Inherently good, and I'm trying to. Yes, exactly. You Whereas yeah. Chula's a bitch. So whatever. And also, <laughs> well, like, well, Chula rejected no, at her. The time, yeah. yeah, exactly. Also, I like that they. No one called her Echo. Yes, yeah, they did. Her they mother. Did. You will echo. You echo. are no. you are the echo of our family. Yeah, yeah but, but girl, they're not like, hey, echo. I saw you on the street at Starbucks. You know what I mean? You shall be echo. Um, her costume looked good. I want to see. Where do you want to see Echo next? <laughs> I, w- I will Dare say. Devil. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we get this often, but that I love seeing a close-up shot of the costume. Yes. Yeah, yeah, gorgeous. Because I think very, pretty. M- very rarely. Is so there, true. Like, and how much work they put into it. Yeah, I do want. So going back to what I was saying about that, the audio experience that they put in the show. The one of the best sequences, both filming, audio, everything, acting, was when. Um, Maya is walking in the powwow and they're showing it from the perspective of obviously there's noise, there's everything going on. She's keeping an eye out for danger. But uh, again, like her looking around and not hearing it, it's like just such an incredible things we would, we see as being like connected to really loud noises. Right. But for her, it's like an intense focus. Them flipping the perspective and then kind of just basically being able to see and look from her vision of what's happening or what's going on. I just thought was such an incredible sequence and such a, the reason why diversity for characters is so important because I'm like, mm-hmm. that scene is so much more interesting knowing who Maya is versus them just randomly having an action sequence of them. It'd be interesting around. if they did that. They they did that for like Daredevil where you don't see anything and you just hear yeah. like what he hears. I think that would be great. Uh, but also he's got his like well, at least echo- the comics, But even that, give us echo lo- give yeah. us echo location. Echo like, location. That. Doing a back to back of like a, a maybe a Daredevil episode and then doing an Echo episode, I think it'd, you, to see those differences yeah. would be really. If they interesting. could do that really well, I'm sure that would nail the audio engineers. Uh, you know, an Emmy instantly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anything else on this wonderful, wonderful series? 
more spotlight stuff. Uh, I think it's great. I'm glad it was TVMA. Um, uh, I'm sad that more people aren't viewing it because I think if they did watch it, they'd be like, oh, this yeah. is really good. I mean, it's it was number one thing. on Disney Plus and Hulu. Oh, was it? It no. is. Do I do right. think overall it's just, the critical response? Know, it's, it'll is be pretty interesting to see what happens over the next weekend because it was a long weekend. And I do think the like having TVMA bring it on. Like this was so much better than the Netflix versions 100%. of the more like serious content. And five episodes versus ten or twelve, great. Yeah, I think we got fatigue with Daredevil back in the day because it was so many episodes. Or that, like Luke, well, and there's so many. Or, so yeah. this yeah. is this is what it would have been. The extra five episodes would have been padding of. Bonnie having a storyline, Chula and Scully's relationship yeah. being an entire arc where it's like we like, need candy yeah. versus like a full on meal. A full for some episode of, of people just buying wares, and <laughs> yeah. such, you know. Uh, and the episode, I, as much as I hate that we were all talking about on the podcast that oh they're dropping everything at once, they don't give a shit. This is the way that Marvel TV shows should fucking work. We I watched three of the episodes in at once, and I didn't watch the fourth and fifth one only because it was too late. Like. Giving all the same thing we talked about with Loki all the time, like TV shows for Marvel, as much as they want to drag it out to get subscriptions, their shows are suffering because people aren't able to watch the long form movie that it is. If it's episodic, like one division was, that makes sense. If it's not, if it's a portion of a movie, yes. then do it all at once. Give us the whole pie. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it sounds like we're all like, watch this fucking show. That's Apparently great. you already did because you're at the end of this podcast where we specifically told you to pause every episode i'm going out and buying a leather jacket with that 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 fun design on it and a motorcycle right now to be her honestly it's so great it's really for a ride will you please ryan on a motorcycle minute one like just starts it up and then falls over to the right (laughs) i get bored fast yeah uh that is the end of our extra issue we're on twitter at homo superior x instagram at homo superior podcast and clark's ramblings on reddit at homo superior pod Check out weekly episodes with Drop on Fridays where we discuss current Disney Plus MCU TV shows, the week's X-Men comics, and up-to-date breaking MCU news. Also, watch out for our extra issues like this one uh, where we review MCU movies and shows in depth, including the recently released What If Season 2. So if you loved this, just take a look at that Spotify, take a look at that Apple's, iTunes, whatever the fuck it's called, and listen to that now. And we finally, we've got our Creator Crush series where we interview comic writers and artists to discuss the ins and outs of their Marvel indie works. And our Secret Record series where we deep dive into content outside the Marvel sphere, including the last fall's Netflix show, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, and upcoming Fargo Season 5. We've been Homo Superior. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.